0: Mr. Pop. (laughs) Oh, I love Ernie Sigley. He's great. Where's he from, Wisconsin?
1: This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rock and Roll, the podcast with a little sprinkling of uh, sport, a little sprinkling of music and a little sprinkling of bullshit. That's uh, basically what we're all about. My name's Kevin Hillier and the other two members of this team are, of course, Mark Fine.
0: Hello, Finey. Uh, hello, Kevin. Good to be back on the... i I. I, I sort of worried to, and call it the adult version because what we were doing during the day exceeded anything an adult would be ex- find acceptable. <laughs> and last week, last week's foray into the PM <laughs> takes us into dangerous territory with the man you're about to introduce.
1: It does. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's the real Brian Mannix, but there are several mm. versions and under, there's an underscore version running around at the moment that's causing havoc. Mind you, not mm. nearly as much havoc as the,
2: the real version's causing. Uh, Brian Mannix, it, it, it prove to me that it's you. Well... There's no underscore under after Brian. It's just Brian Mannix at, oh, well, that's my email address. I'm going to give that away. <laughs> no, yeah, no, there's some guy calling himself Brian underscore Mannix music and tour dates and, you know, I thought, oh, well, him, what guy just might have similar name. But when I see pictures of myself on his Instagram post, I sort of think, well, hang on a minute. No, nah, you can't be doing that. That's no good. So after a bad week, that's just topped it off even more.
1: Now, so what? Uh, I saw an advertisement for an event you're doing in Lara at a at a, um, a function centre in Lara called a Night with Brian
2: Mannix. Is that is that real? Yeah, yeah. That's a okay. um, they get speakers along. They get you know somebody that they think's interesting. They must have yep. been scraping the bottom of the barrel this week. But um, so I go along and I think, I don't know, I sit down and have dinner with people and they ask me a few questions and they pay me. So have a chat,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, so that'll be, you know, nice to do something a little bit different and, you know, so why not?
0: Well, let me you know, just, I, I, I mean, um, Oh, sorry, I saw Brian Mannix comes and washes your car in the nude. <laughs> Is that real?
2: For the right price, it well could be. (laughs) Okay. You know. Yeah. Well, what would it cost? You know, seriously, Finey, if somebody said to you, I'll pay you whatever you want, what money do you want to go and wash my car in the nude? Would you do it for the right money? You're not a four-wheel drive, but I don't want to be reaching up. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't want to be doing the hubcaps. I don't want
0: to be bending over. (laughs)
2: Yeah, you don't want to be doing the hubcaps or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'll I reckon I'd I get the do car, it. the car, the tyres are dirty. Goodbye. I reckon <laughs> I'd do it for about 10 um, grand. Yep. Well, what? Would, What's your price, Kev? Would you wash somebody's car in the nude for? No, nah, wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it? Why, would the, why wouldn't you do it? Friend, nah. right, let's Think do of the holiday it. you could take your family on. No, nah, wouldn't do it. I'd probably do it for five. $22,000, uh, 22, you'd do watching. it.
0: No, I don't think yeah, I you would, would, you know. You wouldn't. For no. $22,000, God, for $22,000, I'd, I'd clean the exhaust with my knackers. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> $22,000 is a lot
1: of money. I'm, I'm not denying that $22,000 is not a lot of money. Um,
2: I don't wash my own car. and it's, <laughs> And it's cash. Yeah. yeah. So there's no tax on it. It's got to be. I reckon the nude, n- the nude, male car wash thing should be something we should look into. Oh, turn it up! <laughs> well, you wouldn't do it every weekend, but you know, once a year, you'd have nude car wash weekend to raise money for some suitable charity. All right, you would. not Minus do it the charity, my, you would. Just asking. Oh, well, you. the right. best reason to do it for? Minus the, the administration, administration costs.
0: Look, I'm just going to ask this question, Bron. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You've washed the car in the nude. It's all done. Yep, yep. you packed everything away. You've packed all the cleaning stuff away. The hose has been wound up and packed away. Almost all the hose has been uh, packed away. One stain on the bumper bar, like some dirt, dust. Ah, You've been drinking beers all morning (laughs) and you're busting for a leak. Do you, A, unpack all the stuff and unfurl the hose? Or do you be unfill the hose?
2: <laughs> I don't think you could piss on it after <laughs> after all of that work. I think you'd you'd probably you know see if you could find a little hanky or a little rag and do like your mum used uh, to do. You know when they used a to get the answer. hanky and they wet their hanky and rub it on your face yep. to rub off. Yeah,
0: no, that's good. And you can put it on your Brian Mannix nude car washing. We no longer. Piss
2: on cars. <laughs> no pissing. Piss free zone. I think yeah. is the term. As
0: of as, as, of, as of March twenty
2: twenty one, we no longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new so, because we, we rule because we care about climate change. We are no longer pissing on the cars. So,
1: Correct. so Brian, would you would you clean someone's house in the nude uh, for a fee?
2: <gasps> She was just trying to think of the jobs, vacuuming. The trouble is, you know, a man's body looks absolutely ridiculous in the nude. Correct. Um, but <laughs> if somebody's stupid enough, you know, it depends on how many people in the house. You'd probably want not one and you wouldn't want ten. So if there was two people there, you might sort of give it a go. I don't know about polishing the floor. You'd have to have a mop. Yeah. Um, Give this yeah, a polish, the vacuum, Even it? the vacuuming, you have to vacuum with good posture. Um, yeah, how much am I getting for cleaning the house well, in well, the nude? Well, I think this no, is... No, no, a- you won't
0: get anything. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Oh, well, I'll do it anyway.
0: You know why you won't get anything? Why not? Apparently the ER rooms are regularly visited by people um, <laughs> with, let's just say, <laughs> objects inserted that don't come out, that were apparently just...
2: I was oh. cleaning the
0: house in the noon. I was vacuuming, <laughs> and, and I then I fell over,
2: over, and my dressing gowns burst open. open. The next I thing I knew, my penis was in the vacuum cleaner. My baseball bat.
0: Yeah. Apparently, that happens all the time. They honestly, my my very good friend worked in the ER of the Alfred Hospital.
2: Right.
0: And I'll get to tell you the story off air. This story is irreplicable. Right. Let me just, but I. I can tell you this much: There's an annual interns because it's you know it's, it's a, you do the ER when you start off. There's an annual interns golf competition, or used to be a golf competition, where the trophy is a mounted golf ball.
1: Mm. Where does the golf oh, ball come from, funny
2: Yes, <laughs> and endeth this part of the story. <laughs> yes. Did it come from a famous politician or somebody of note? Uh, it came from. It, it was. It was made possible, but it didn't
0: come from somebody of note, but it was made possible by somebody very well-known that I would definitely not know. Yeah, good.
1: I'm pleased All you right. wouldn't.
2: All right. um,
0: <laughs> Well, that,
1: that was an interesting start to the program. I didn't anticipate.
2: No, because you and me are about to have a fight, aren't we?
1: Well, I was about to hook into you. Why? Well, I've, uh, I want. I want to do something else first because tonight we're coming to you uh, again. We've got the the Zoom uh, Riverside technology going on, so we can see each other, which is fantastic. And uh, tonight we're uh, we're moving around uh, the Fine Mansion, and uh, tonight we're in the darts room.
2: Mm. Very nice. All right. All right.
0: That that is a dartboard behind me, but I do need to talk into that take, computer, take phony. It Back to where I bought it. Where'd you buy it? Oh, out in a oh, great place, Dart World, out near Knox City.
1: I've heard you talk about
0: Dart World, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I've got to take it back. It's no good because every time I throw it, it moves.
1: Oh, right. Yes, one of those ones. Uh, yeah. so, so tonight we're at the dance room, so I wanted to, wanted to make sure that we we let everyone know what room we're in. Now, Mannix, we've yes. often talked about, and, and finally brought this up the other week, we've talked about earworms. And when you get a song that someone either puts you onto or you hear when you're in the supermarket or whatever it is, um, and then it just stays in your head. You suggested one to me when we recorded the Life of Brian podcast, the one that's out this week with uh, Bill McDonough from Aussie Cruel and Swanee. Yep. You mentioned a song that uh, that you'd listened to that uh, you said you if got. You didn't want to say anything bad about it, but you said have a listen to it and see what you think. So I did today. I hinted that it was bad.
2: I hinted that it was bad.
1: Well, you said it was Bad what Boy. What did you think, It, it was Kev? Bad Boy for Love by James Ray. It's a, an acoustic version recorded. It looks like it was recorded in the Knox Library next to Dart World. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what did you think, Kev? Well, I can't get the bloody thing out of my head now and I only just had the song in my head because I watched Chopper and it's the song that after yeah. you talk to Chopper in the film that he walks into the nightclub by jangles and Bad Boy for Loves playing. So it was yeah. in my head anyway. So then when I've listened to this, sorry, this sounds like the cast of Sesame Street has has taken an enormous amount of uh, some sort of mind Blowing drug and come out with this bad boy for love.
2: This yeah, if you're a b- bad boy for love, you don't go a bad boy for love. You it's go, a menacing. Bad love. boy for love.
1: And and if you're doing acoustic, where you're not actually needing to scream over the band, you can actually make it. A, you could make it a really threatening song.
2: Yeah, just do.
1: 30 days in the Exactly. You could talk that. it in a really deep kind of voice. Yeah. And, and look, I don't, you know, I don't know James well, but, my God, it's bloody
2: awful and it's stuck it, in it my bloody head. head. Oh, it's well, terrible. The thing, about, the thing amazed me about it was my brother said, I heard this thing and I had to listen to it and he says, oh, jeez, it's shit house. And I said, you know, it's, it's James Rayne. I said, oh, let's have a listen. And I couldn't believe how bad it was. And I'm surprised that you'd even have it on Spotify. It sounds like just, you know, you're tuning your guitar and just warming up or something. But he, I think every decision he made as a vocalist was, was wrong. wrong. It's all yes. soft <laughs> cock stuff. The guy's a bad boy. He shot his wife and the lover. He's freaking out of jail. <laughs> It's not <laughs> crooning away about it. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's not flying yeah, to the no, moon. I, <laughs> oh.
2: Well, I, I, look, I recommend everybody, if you need a bit of a laugh, if you're feeling a bit oh. down after COVID, go and have a listen to James Rain on Spotify doing Bad Boy for Love. It is fucking shit. Yeah, it's all right. Oh, awesome. and, and, and I have a lot of respect for James, but not on this particular no, track. me neither. No, I can't. I don't, I, I've got to say, no, I've got, I've
0: got a lot of respect for to have a song stuck in your head, to have earworms with a song, is the domain of the sort of simple person, the person with not much in their head. Duh. I mean, I mean, I'm, I love you, I hate you, I love you, I hate you. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. To, oh, sorry.
2: <laughs> love you, hate you, love you, hate you. I can never live without you.
0: All yeah, I need. mean, I, sometimes, I hate you, love you, hate you. <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, you you've, it's trapped in my very simple, fortunately.
1: <laughs> there you go. We've all got our crosses to bear uh, musically. Oh, I went and had a listen to a couple of songs off this chart that we're going to do today from 1974 after... That just to put something else in my head so I could filter that out, but I'm still seeing that the, it was a triple M acoustic thing. It was a series, and it actually comes up saying that James wasn't convinced at the start that it was a good idea to do this song, but now he is. I'm thinking, Jesus, Jesus, what <laughs> drugs are these? Right. Bloody hell! But it sounds yeah. like a, it sounds like Sesame Street do Rose Tattoo,
2: and that's not what the envisaged. I hope it's not Tim Henwood playing the guitar, but they've no, kind of added an extra note. Onto the riff. Like the riff goes, da, 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 da and they're going, da, 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 da. Yeah, they put a little like, thing, yeah. A, I don't know who the guitar is it, player then. is that's with him. He was on screen when I watched it, but. I, I, I don't think Tim would do that. No. I, I don't think Brett Kingman would either. Must be James.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Well, there's two, there's two people playing. I don't know who the other bloke was, to be honest.
2: Um, yeah. But I was but probably because I was... That's there was probably, nothing he could do to save it.
1: Well, that's probably because I had this pen in my hand and I was trying to stick it into my eyes as the uh, as it was playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it was awful. Uh, so there, so there, So thanks very much, Brian. Don't recommend any more songs to me if you can possibly help it. Now, finally, I wanted to talk to you about a very important and historic thing that happened, and I'm sure you are watching it. Uh, is it Ajax
0: Patel? Yeah, I mean third player to ever take 10 wickets in an innings, Laker for England, Kumble for India, and now Patel for, interestingly, New Zealand. But his family's from where the game was played, which I think is Mumbai. Yep. Uh, the problem was that history was made. And when I say the problem, the problem was he took 10 wickets in an innings in a game in which India has just won by the greatest margin in their history. Oh, they won by 357 runs, so I would call that a Pyrrhic or Patel victory. Yes. So, ten in an innings is great. But you do re- realise that New Zealand should have had somebody else take ten in an innings. Now,
1: was that uh, you and Chadwick,
0: Chadfield? No, 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 Richard Hadley in Brisbane took the first nine wickets of an innings. Vaughan Brown, a spinner so poor that part-time you know, barely describes it. I would describe him as a casual worker who never turned up. Yeah. Um, the last wicket was a big slog by whoever was batting 10 or 11 for Australia and have a guess who ran around and took a very good catch.
1: Richard Hadley.
0: Richard Hadley. So
2: he's a wanker. Uh, he did not like that, Brian. He he it. no. Worst thing he could have done was complain in the press about it because yeah, it just made people want
0: to do it more. I mean, everybody else, that's the Bay thirteen chant. Everybody else sort of understood you've just got to laugh at it and move on. You know. Yeah. You know, Derek Pringle pulls his Derek Pringle <laughs> pulls his dingle. <laughs> <laughs> But isn't Richard Hadley, was it on
1: your show, um, Finally, that the producer phoned him, your producer phoned him and uh, said, oh, Richard, uh, we're ready to do the interview. And he said, that's Sir Richard Hadley, if you don't mind.
0: No, I didn't get Sir Richard. You know, I had Sir Vivian Richards in the studio. Yep. And honestly, my greatest hero in cricket. Yep. I just loved Viv Richards. And we had a really good chat because I sort of knew his great innings and he really warmed to the chat. And I said to him, "I oh, just one thing. I, I, I love the way that sometimes when things were really going right for you, in the interview after the, after the day's play or after the match, you would answer in the uh, first person or third person, whatever it is, you know, Vivi batted well today. and <laughs> I said, did a few of that. And I said, do you ever recall doing that? He said, Vivi remembers well. <laughs> <laughs> I, fed him, I fed him the one outside of stuff. And he's gone, bang. Yeah, no, he's a he's a beauty.
1: I'll tell you a story. I, I was when I was working in Brisbane. Um, the Brisbane radio station there was hell bent on helping Queensland win the Sheffield Shield, so they did everything they possibly could. So they put Jeff Thompson on this enormous contract. They uh, we had Gary Cozier on staff. We had Jeff Thompson on staff. We had Alvin Kalacharan on staff. Um, we had I uh, forget the Indian bloke we had on staff. Um, Oh, I can't remember. But Viv was, was part of, uh, they were paying part of Viv's wage. So the night before he was to make his debut for Queensland, I was doing a disco at a place called the Belfast Hotel in Ann Street, I think it was in Brisbane, and uh, went down to Duma Spot. After I finished on air at 10, I went down to Duma Spot down there and uh, walked in. It was the watering hole of the radio station. So... Viv and uh, and Ali and a few, Alvin Kalacharan and a few of them, had decided to go down there after uh, work drinks and uh, just, you know, have a little bit of a a sort of a night out. So when I walk in at 10 o'clock, here's Vivian uh, in a little booth in the corner of the place surrounded by beautiful, beautiful beautiful-looking women and Viv sitting there, you know, with the arms outstretched and like that. And I walk past and I said, isn't there a game tomorrow? He said, everything will be all right, Mum." (laughs) <laughs> and I think, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he got a Century on debut for Queensland the next day, and I, I, left, I left the Belfast at about half past 12 and he was
2: still there. So he was, uh, he was one of a kind, Vivian. Do you remember um, a guy from Premier Artist, Kev, called Steve Pearson? I uh, know the name. He was a booker and he too managed for the X-Men, but um, he had Derek Randall. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the guy with all the hats, who's very entertaining made and made
1: 177 in the centenary test.
0: Yes, and back to well, May 13,
2: Derek Randall after. pulls
0: his handle.
2: <laughs> well, not after the night he spent with Steve Pearson. They were out drinking pistol about seven in the morning and he went out the next day and was just shit house. and um, he might have got dropped for the last test after that. I'm not sure. All but, right. Um, But, yeah, it's good even stories about cricketers, you know, just getting blind. Well, you
0: know, the the best story is that two of the greatest of all time at the peak of their careers came to play sub-district cricket in Melbourne. Yeah. Desmond Haynes and Malcolm Marshall.
2: Yep. Wow.
0: Except Desi said he wanted to bat at number nine at bowl and Marshall said he wanted to bat at number three. And they played for rabbit. and Marshall won the batting averages and Haynes won the bowling averages. Yes. <laughs> and they had a little competition between them. Now, they were here for about four months. Oh, and people asked, who it. won the competition? And the answer was, we don't want to say, but the final score was 331 to 327.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, quite amazing. is the, yeah. the stories of those West Indian cricketers in their prime. Oh. Um. Yes, unbelievable. Ali, Al- Alvin Kalicharan was he was a f- one of the funniest little fellows I've ever met. Um. He, um. I think it was, if you wouldn't remember this or anything funny, but it was a Shield game uh, he played in for Queensland. He, he batted at three normally for Queensland. And a bloke called, I think, who did play for Australia, Mark Gaskell, might have played some one-day cricket for Australia and another bloke, they opened the batting for Queensland and made none for... 300 and, you know, whatever. They batted through um, the first day into the second day. So Callie went out on the Terps and came in the next day. He was asleep in the dressing room and they were still batting. Um, and they then finally one of them got out. They had to wake him up. Um, he was fully padded, sound asleep. Um, and uh, that woke him up, sent him out. He, he was walking out and, you know, a batsman walk out and look at the light and do all that sort of stuff. He seriously was... was adjusting his eyes to the light because he'd been asleep, sound asleep, they reckon dead asleep, went out there, made a dark or one and uh, back in the rooms and straight back to sleep again. He had a wonderful tour of Australia. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, Viv Richards How was much great, Would have they paid for that game? Oh, they were yeah, paid Viv well. Viv Richards was a great sledger, but they famously asked him, you know that guy, he's now, a, 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 I think he's an umpiring chief, David Illingworth, is it? Yeah, uh, Richard Illingworth. Richard Illingworth, he'd just been selected to play for England by his father. Yeah. And there was a bit of controversy because people didn't think he was that good. And he, Viv was captain of Somerset and he batted it all day or most of the day and Richard Illingworth was bowling and he'd just been picked for England. And so after the game, the, one of the press guys said, what did you make of Richard Illingworth, Viv? And he said, Illingworth. Only time he turned was at the top of his mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's very good, very yeah, good, yeah. is Vivian. Very good yeah.
1: indeed.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't understand it at all.
1: Now, well, well, one of the things about the uh, the test series that we're going to be enjoying uh, uh, between Australia and England is that Ian Botham's going to be part of the uh, the commentary team, sir so, Ian. Or, but he's another
2: one who doesn't go in for all that stuff. Did well, call me beefy, so. He? He'd want to be a little bit more enthusiastic than he was at the big bash last night when he came on. Oh,
1: I didn't see that.
2: Oh, he was mumbling away, like, you know, Ricky and, is um, it Damien? Fleming? Fleming? I yep. don't know. But they're like, okay, well, the batsmen are out there today and they're doing a great job. And yeah, look, you can see their determination in their eyes. And Beefy, what do you think? Oh, yeah, well, they never done okay, I suppose. It's like, you know, make an effort. Oh, ah, okay. Well... No, I thought he was a, it was a poor show. It, it sounded like because he didn't project enough, but he didn't really have anything to say. Okay. Well... You know, except, oh, how does he go in the long form of the game? And I don't know, they all sound like Beatles to me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, well, well, we'll be intrigued when you see when... Uh, they've certainly been parading him around. He's did, he did the front bar. He did a couple of things. Then I saw he did an interview with Hamish uh, in the paper on the weekend and... Obviously, they're trotting him out of everything they can possibly get him to
2: do. Yeah. I'm doing a front bar right now, but it's nothing to do with Hamish. Yeah.
1: Uh, is that why you've got your camera turned off?
2: That's right. right. I'm having a little private okay. moment to myself. Private moment of your own. Okay. Terrific. You uh, know, I had a moment was... with
0: Sir Ian Botham. Did you? Well, some years ago when I was at SCN, I played in the Victorian Pro-Am Golf Tournament. It was great. Yeah, it was Yeah, a real highlight. I was playing with a young golfer from Geelong, um, like Fratelli or something is his name.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, and after nine holes, just the way it works, you know, my score only kicked in if he didn't count. Anyhow, we were sort of net four or uh, five under. I just happened to have like one good hole where because of my handicap, I got an eagle, so it was really good. Um, and they had a leaderboard, the proper leaderboard at, um, at Victoria Golf Club or whatever. Yeah, I think it was at Victoria. Yeah. And we were, like, second on the leaderboard, Fratelli Fine, five under. Oh, nice. Anyhow, whoever we played against, the guy, the, the am that we played against was Ian Botham's manager. And Botham was there and he was playing in another group. So afterwards, um, and I've got the guy's name in my phone. I can't remember his name. It's his manager in Australia. Anyhow, uh, he said, come on, we'll have a drink with Ian. And um, we sat down. It was just sort of a convivial chat. And I turned away for a minute. They were drinking those big glasses of beer. Not the pots, something bigger than that. I turned away. Buckets. And it was empty, his glass. I said, did you spill that, Sir Ian? He said, pardon? I said, but I've never seen glass disappear more quickly. He goes, it's very hot weather here. I said, it must be. He goes, it certainly is. So that's my third. Now, I don't know about... <laughs> Any stories about Chapel and Botham? But then he had a couple more and they were big beers and he wasn't in any way affected. Now, if I had one of those glasses after a hot day, I'd be absolutely falling over. So I say this about Surian, noted for holding his drink. Yes. Um, the the late uh,
1: Dean Jones told me, um, we had him on the Food bites podcast and uh, Dino talked about um, Beefy's. Um, unbelievable ability to consume red wine. He said it's
0: Oh, there you staggering. go. I, I had no idea of that. I mean, that is true. I'm telling you, I've never seen anybody drink so much beer so quickly and completely as though I was going to go up and complain. and said, stop serving that nice of the <laughs> realm watered down beer. It's not right.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, My, uh, big, big, uh, big drinker. Yeah. My mate Scotty, he's the same and... Um, he works night shift at Qantas, I don't know why, but he's got plenty of money and he could retire, but he doesn't. And he'll come home from work and he'll have a few beers and walk the dog at about three in the morning and then maybe have an apple cider and watch the darts or something. And then he might get a couple of hours sleep and then he'll get up and probably start having a beer pretty quickly Um, and then might go to the pub or something and have a couple there and then he'll come to Bartolo's. And often it might take him 10 or 20 minutes to get out of the car because he's finishing the Traveller in the car or maybe having another apple cider or something. And then he'll come into Bartolo's and he'll have six or seven cans of beer and then he'll go home, have two hours sleep and then probably have a beer and go to work. But it just doesn't affect him, you know. I'd happily get in the car with him because... He's you know, he's over O five, but it, it just doesn't affect him. And and does does flying because the planes for, has does, two corners and he
0: looks like a problem. Does
1: flying the planes for corners have a does does he find that a problem or no worries? He he
2: gets nervous about flying the planes, unless he's had a few, you know, just a bit of Dutch courage <laughs> oh. before he gets in there. It's like oh, it's know. easy to forget shit, if You know, you've never flown a plane, but he's told me all about it. <laughs> and and he's actually had in the seven three seven, he's had a drink coaster installed, you know, so he can put his stubby while he's having a while he's having a flight. Yeah, fair enough. As you do. Mm. As you do. All oh. right. As you do. Okay.
1: As you do. Now, anything uh, happen in your week that you would like to
0: bring up at this particular stage, Mr Fine? You bet. As yeah. I would not bring it up. <laughs> the mightiest of mighty wins is when West Ham can beat those absolute bastards from up sort of west of us, the Chelsea Football Club, because mm. they are flush with Abramovich money, that sort of oligarch money, which is very sus. We're just good lads from East London. And it was two all, and Arthur Masawaku tried to cross the ball from wide. It was an absolute trying to get somebody to header it in the goals. Completely kicked it, but it was like one of those kicks. You know when you completely Chinese. shag your kick, they, they travel funny in the air? Yep. And it bent like a, a boomerang. Oh, we've got to speak about that in victories as well. Bent like a boomerang and went in the goal and we beat them 3-2. <laughs> Beautiful.
2: Now, Chelsea, they're funded on Russian prostitute money. And um, <laughs> as I understand it, I'm not sure that's true, but a bloke in the pub told me that was true. It so be. you have to believe it. Mm.
0: Um, hey, do either of you guys know a song no, called nothing. Chelsea Dagger? Uh, a Chelsea Dagger, did you say the movie was? No, a song. No. I bet you do. Oh, you, you know part of it. Um, and actually I said the golfer I played with was Fratelli. It's by a band called the Fratellis, and the bit that you'd know if you've ever watched the darts is na-na-na, na-na-na, na na Oh, yeah, sulla. yeah, 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 yeah. But that's actually a whole song called Chelsea Dagger, which is a really good song. You should listen to it. It's very good.
1: Okay. Wasn't aware that that was a song. I thought it was just yeah. a little kind of a play-on they'd got from somewhere that someone had knocked together.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's Chelsea Dagger about a... A guy that picks up a good-looking bird from the pub and just keeps asking, are you sure you're not a bloke? <laughs>
1: oh, it's, of course. That, that would be the obvious thing you would ask a girl that you picked up at the hotel. Let's, uh, well, well, let's get to the chart this week. If, if no one's right. got anything else they want to bring up before we get to the chart, let's get to the chart.
0: All right. So I've got to go off screen. Bye. <laughs> so you'll be able to yeah, do yeah, it. yeah,
1: yeah. I know you're going off screen, so as you can look at the numbers and look at the uh, the songs. How'd you go yeah. with this one, Brian? Did you enjoy? You sent me a message
2: saying you liked this one. Look, I did like this one because um, there's a couple of it, look. It reminds me of being about 12 or 13, or what, what was it, 74. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm well into playing guitar. I've been playing guitar for two years now, and I had to learn a lot of these songs. So even the really daggy ones, mm-hmm. they have a place in my heart and, you know, like, happy birthday, baby, I know your dreams come t-. I can find humour and joy out of that song. You know, it's not something that I'd want to rec- – actually, I'd record it as long as I could take the piss out of being a cabaret star. Who's so Which song a lot is that? Of- is it happy birthday, baby? Or kissing in the back row. Oh, the movies on night with you. all those sort of songs. I kind of like them, and it's a really eclectic um, collection of songs. There's some cool ones. The music's is floundering a bit at this point.
1: Can you turn that and phone off? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. That was the drifter. Oh, that was one of the songs from this week. Yeah, that Charts. was the that was the drifters ringing to offer you the lead singer's role because most of them aren't with us anymore. Um, I reckon it's an upside down chart this one, but I'll get to that in a tick. Finally, what? How did you? Uh, how did you find this chart?
0: Well said. It was an upside down one.
1: Good. Because I reckon the best um, ten, the best ten songs on the chart are down the bottom, and the worst ten songs are up the top.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Yep. A couple in the middle that aren't bad, but oh, uh, I, uh, I struggled uh, with a lot of. Th- I found a lot of the songs in this one go into my kind of not good, not bad. Didn't really do anything for me at the time, and still don't do anything for me. Category.
2: To be uh, honest, nearly nearly every song on this chart does something for me. It makes me go, oh god, that's bad, and I laugh and I enjoy it. Yeah, I can I can really enjoy a shit song. Um, it's mediocre songs that I hate, love good songs, and there's a lot in this chart that I can really, probably because I learned to play guitar on most of these songs.
1: Well, then you can start us off with your number three, good and bad, then, Mr
2: Mannix. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, the, you know, that's the where's big... my little note? Here we go. Oh, it's done notes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sick of trying to squint while we're doing the show. Um, oh, it's a clear number one as the bad one. Mm-hmm. Um but, um, look, I reckon there's one here that I would say, but I reckon you'll say it, Kev, so I'll leave that out. But I'm going to start my number three good one, and this will surprise oh, people. Oh, number three good, okay. Any Song by John Denver. No, I knew you'd pick that. You fill up my senses. It's a beautiful melody, and, you know, if you're going to get married or have a, you know, a wedding waltz, it's a pretty good song for that. It, um, you know, it's not exactly my cup of tea, but I really respect the song for what it does and how much joy it gives other people. So well done, John Denver. You come in at number three for my song for the 3XY chart from 1974. Right. Number three, bad. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and these, this act needs to be mentioned. It's They made a really big impression Um they all had Sharpie hairdos. They had the the crew cut and the the tails at the back. And they were. And I'm talking about the Moya sisters with and any song that's got
1: pa 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 pa
2: pa pa pa. Good morning, how are you? It's nice to see your face. I think it's shit house, and I would never want to sing it. But even though I'm saying it this is shit house. If I had people over to my house, I'd put this on and just let them work out whether I was serious or not. <laughs> but, um, Fair enough. But, but yeah, the Moyers sister look—they did make a big impact. But um, it's not my cup of tea, so sorry, girls. Yeah,
1: no, it's it's in my good list. It's not in my three, but it's in my good list, and it's it's That's one of just
2: because you're a bit you're a bit randy, aren't
1: no, you? No, not at all. It, it, and it's a, I've got it. It's one of my highlighted six or seven that I'm going to choose my top three from because, uh, but it won't be wow. in the three. But no, I it, for that very same. It's just a really happy, bright, bomb in your face. G'day, how it's are really you? Unique. Yeah. It's
2: really unique, yeah. Really unique. I it
1: that. Um, they actually they were good. They did a, a little, um, like a uh, point of history type th- song. Was either the B side of that or the follow-up single? It was really good.
2: It was really good.
1: Well, they I like probably because
2: um, they were on countdown and they had the uh the cork platform, you know, sandals and shit. Yeah, yeah. They had the skinhead staggers up their back, with Connie on, and yeah. yeah but anyway, I did
1: they did a lot were, of um, did a lot of backing vocal stuff on. Uh, I think they were on EMI records. I think they did a lot of backing vocal stuff at EMI studios and stuff. So oh, they're, they're great singers.
2: Yeah, good singers. Yeah, so I feel a bit
1: mean now. Yeah, so you should.
2: Thanks, thanks, Kev. Uh, uh, no, good. Uh, Fine, you're number three. <laughs> Shut up. What <laughs> do you My got? number
0: three, bad. Yep. I've been gazumped. I had the manure sisters. Um, <laughs> Man, the manure? You bastard. Yeah, they lost me. Papa,
2: papa, 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 papa. Oh,
0: I thought you have forgotten the words, girls. You're in trouble. You're paddling <laughs> <laughs> and when they got to the words, I said, forget the words, go back to <laughs> Um, no, not my cup of tea either. So I've got the m- m- manure sisters in the three. Right. Number three good. There is some good music in this. And this on another day, on another, you know, on a on a different chart could it be number one, because for me, easily the best Skyhook song is Living in the Seventies. I reckon it's a great song. So it's my number three good. Yep. Good choice
1: in my highlighted uh, ones as well. Um, I'm uh, going to go uh, three good first. Um, Could easily have fitted Backman Turner Overdrive in here. Could easily have Mm. fitted Steely Dan in here, Brian.
2: Oh, no, there's no room for
1: Steely, Dan. A bit of Ricky. A bit of Ricky. No, Ricky. Ricky, lose the number. (laughs) Lose the number, Ricky. Um, But I'm going to go with um, Can't Get Enough by Bad Company. I loved Bad Company. I thought they were fantastic. And Can't Get Enough of Your Love is is not the Barry White song that's also in the chart. Totally different song, Can't Get Enough by Bad Company. Paul Rogers, reckon, is one of the best rock and roll singers God put breath into. Um, and they were just a good tight little four, or I think a four-piece band, and uh, and they were terrific. So that's my number three, good. My number three, bad. Oh, I tell you, there's a lot of country songs in this chart, mm. and a lot of not very good country songs in this chart. I'm just glad you put the
2: RY on the end, Kev.
1: Exactly, um, and uh, one of them will will uh, grace me at number three. And I don't like to do this because I. I believe he's a lovely, lovely man, uh, but unfortunately this was just a bloody awful song and I used to have to play it because Top 40 Radio in 1974, mm-hmm. you had to play everything. Um, so my number three is the song that is number 10 in this chart, how it got to number 10, is Baby Blue by Jimmy Little. as uh, Not Baby Blue, the Bad oh. Finger song. Baby Blue and just it's, oh, it's one of those songs that- George. It, well, it's the kind of song that makes people who don't like country music at all go, yeah, there's your bloody, your twangy bloody, yeah, you're going, nah, nah, nah. you know, someone shot the cat, someone stood on the dog and someone ran off with your wife songs.
2: So, He did a really good record when some young guy got him, I think it's probably one of the last records he made and he did, you know, Under the Milky Way tonight and he did um, all of these really contemporary songs. Yeah. He did it his own way and um yeah, I've got that record somewhere. It's uh, it's terrific. He's a, he's know. actually
1: a really good artist. That's why I feel terrible about putting him in there. But um that's I no, no,
2: but you know, we all have our off days. You know, we were talking about James Raine having a bit of a <laughs> bit of an off moment <laughs> with a live on the acoustic guitar. <laughs> no, look, Kev, you need to understand <laughs> the last thing I want to do is oh, you know, draw awareness to a poor day that James Raine had. He's yeah, always okay. been he's always been Somewhat nice to me. Can so, I say um,
1: he actually doesn't sing badly on the song? It's just a totally bad decision and it No, or, no,
2: he does sing badly. <laughs> well, on the yeah, song. okay, he does. All right. Because his misappro his his whole approach to what the song is <laughs> is wrong.
1: Yeah, okay. No, you're you
2: right. You know, it's like 30 days yeah. in the county jail. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. How can we Mate, get back on the list. You've been in jail. You <laughs> <laughs> definitely been in everybody's bitch. Oh no, no, no! A
1: hey, good point, Pliny. How did we get back onto that? Well, let's go to uh, Brian and your number two,
2: good now, and and bad, please. Just, just before I do that, before we finish. I've got to tell you something. I do have something I want to share that uh, Rachel, who listens to us, very regularly sent me. Yeah, okay. And thank you to Cherie for pointing out the Brian underscore Mannix music Yeah, good on site. I saw but that. Do not, yeah, anything with an underscore after Brian is bullshit. Correct. Okay. Number two, mm. good or bad? Both, I, please. Both, please. All right, okay. Um. Okay, number two th- bad is I'll Take You Home Again, Kathleen oh, yeah. by Lieutenant Pigeon. Yep. Now, those of you who haven't heard of Lieutenant Pigeon, that's probably because of this song. Mm. It's an instrumental and it really sounds like you should be working puppets or doing magic tricks. <laughs> it is how the hell did radio play this? It's just. It's it's like, like um, you know, when you're at school and they bring the puppets along, they'd always play that Dancing Mr Bones or whatever, you know, the dancing yeah. skeleton. It, it's, it just sounds like magic trick or other thing music, and there's some dreadful sounding instruments in it. So um, yes. that's my number two. Yeah, there's one that's just going kind of like, to sounds like farts going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's awful. It's awful. Actually, that was just me. I wasn't yeah. doing the song. Now now I'll do the song. Okay. No. Okay. Now, number two, good. Mm-hmm. This will be controversial, but this band I loved. They showbiz, couple of Chinese guys in the band, never seen that before. Fantastic. Not the greatest song. Not the greatest band, but gee whiz, they were great live and a great attitude. And I speak of walking by Hush. Ah, uh, walking back to Ulysses. Yeah, man.
1: whoa. Yeah, no, they yeah. were they were a good, uh, good entertaining band to watch to go and see them live. They were terrific. They were great! Yeah, they were terrific. They were good, Les. I ripped a,
2: I ripped a lot off them for for the X Men.
1: Yeah, uh, Les. Les was a terrific uh, guitar player, and Keith. Keith oh. was Keith Lamb is a really good front man.
2: Yeah, he, he was a great front yeah. man. Somebody told me the other day that Les has died. Now that's not true, is it?
1: Not that I've seen anywhere. No, I don't think so. No, no. it'd be news. Yeah, no, no I wouldn't say
2: that. Les, I love Les. And Smiley on the drums. Remember Smiley with the big Anthony? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a beer with Skyly up at the local pub not yeah. that long ago. Good, the good, they
1: good. were good blokes too. Good blokes. Hush.
2: Uh, I became a gocket on the two thousand and six spectacular tour because <laughs> everybody there was there's about nine people around one mic. I said, "I oh, stuff this," and I grabbed a guitar and then I'm up the front with Les Gok and the Australian <laughs> flag, I'm, and I'm leaning on him like it's status quo, and then I'm having a ball, and then suddenly. Bernie from the Eurogliders, he says he's gonna be a gocket, and then Ronnie Gonzo, and there was about, you know, fourteen guitarists by there, because we all wanted to be a gocket. And they were all <laughs> hogging him, and Alex Smith's hogging him. No, get out. i I like him the most. <laughs> <laughs> he, whiz.
1: he um he did all those uh, triple M jingles in the in the nineties and stuff. He did massive business as a jingle producer and writer, Les?
2: Well, you know, he came up with that classic Da 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 da, get rocked. Da 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 da, get rocked. Da 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 da, get rocked. And guess it, Kev. Rolled. Oh, you remember it, too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: righto, finally What's your number uh, number two in the good and the bad for this '74 chart?
0: Well, this song is number twos. Now you said that there's a lot of bad country music on it, and there certainly is, not Until now, if you would have said to me you were a fan of the Gilly, I would have said, (laughs) the greatest keeper batsman of all time. Yep. Yep. But now I know Mickey Gilly. And Mm. I don't know who Mickey Gilly is, but Mickey Gilly is no performer. Now, I reckon if you bought a Howitzer organ and you press country music, it would spit out a song, Room Full of Roses. It's just this obvious song. If I had a rose for every time we argued. Now, if I gave you a rose for every time we argued, uh, I'd right, have a room full of roses. All right. So you argue, like, go no, fuck yourself. Anyhow, <laughs> terrible song. <laughs> like, big deal. At least in some country songs have got a bit of irony in them, a bit of humour, a bit of pathos. This has just got a lot of thorns. Yes. Right? Crap on it. A lot on. of pricks. Yes. Yeah, correct. Yep. No good, no good. Yep, I agree. You know, who's a yeah. gilly, who cares?
1: <laughs> yep. No, good point. All good points, finally. Can't argue yeah, with that.
0: Nice. Number two All is well, an absolute ripper. It's a ripper because even today people hear it and really like it. They don't know if it's from the 70s, 80s, 90s. My kids, you know, they it's a really good song. Now, people think the band are a one-hit wonder, but they're not. No. The band's called Golden Earring and oh, they yeah. had 30 top 10 hits. But the problem is it was in Holland because they're a Dutch band. Yep. So very few of their hits made it across to England, but the one that did was Radar Love, and I reckon that's a great song.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me too. I agree. One of those songs, by God, it leaped out of the radio. when it, In 1974, when you played that, first couple of times you had that, you went, jeez,
2: what's that? Yeah. The guitar yeah. sounds really jump out of the speaker. Really. Yeah. And really cool lyrics too because – you know, he's talking about being a truck driver or something. And, no more speed, I'm almost yeah. there. You know, yeah. and it's all, yeah, no, yeah, I think it's great. Radio played that forgotten song.
1: Uh, a very, very, very good song, right, I love. Yeah. yeah. I think and you're it just really, about it getting best the on time, ground, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has stood the test of time. I agree. Totally agree. Yeah,
2: yeah. You could go and play that tomorrow night in any pub and it would go over well. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep. yep. I agree. No, um, good call, Connie. And and to the best of my knowledge, not a song that I am aware of anyone else having recorded. I'm sure right. they have, but not I can't think of, of no. anyone trying to tart a version of it up in the sort of the last 10 or 15, 20 years. Which is probably uh, Judas
2: Priest or Def Leppard or somebody yeah, something hasn't like that. given it a Because one of them did women in uniform. So that's probably a more obvious yeah. one than women in uniform. Yep.
1: Yeah. All right, no good choice, Finey. Very good choice, well very done, good
2: Well done. Yeah. And, and
1: apologies
0: <laughs> to anybody who's got a speeding fine recently. It's <laughs> not about that.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's not about that. Uh, my
2: number two, bad. Uh, Did he do both of them? Oh, the bad one was yes, yes, yes yeah. room full of roses. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, sorry, Kevin. I, I
1: don't, I don't know. I don't like Dobbin in, uh, you know, locals because I, you know, and I put Jimmy Little in there at number three. And Number two is also going to be a homegrown product, but I think of. It's just an awful song. It's just it's just a song that um, I know it was a little pop song and he, he had his own little kind of uh, world going on and uh, and he was backed by the Vander and Young Boys and, you know, they're writing these songs and he's doing that. But I'm sorry. Can't Stop Myself From Loving You by William Shakespeare. No, 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 no. Has not travelled well. He well,
0: didn't,
2: unfortunately, the last yeah, Johnny I don't think Cave. we need
0: to apologise to William Shakespeare.
2: <laughs> no. And, and, you know, at least... Those lyrics obviously meant something to him because he got done for carnal knowledge. You can't say that. Well, as I understand it, he got done for carnal knowledge—her having sex with the minor. Yeah, he was a Gary Glitter wannabe. Yeah, he was because he dressed up like Gary Glitter, and you know clearly, Kev, he couldn't stop himself from loving you, from loving her, and you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this is a fact. it's pretty bloody close. (laughs)
0: And and on top of everything else, here's this sort of Evander and Young attempt at a little sort of slice of the glam rock pie down under and so immodestly, and I don't blame the bloke for doing it, I don't don't know his real name, I imagine some Evander and Young or some idiot decided to call him William Shakespeare, the greatest and most famous author of all time. I mean, why not just call a man who's a you know, about to do the wrong thing with an underager. why, why not call him Jesus Christ and just be done with him? His real name's John Cave.
2: Blessed are the children. Now, apparently it was his idea because they said his name was, I don't know, I don't know what his name was. John but Cave. Charles Dickens. John Cave? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great, that's great that's name. That's why, you ch- why would you change your name from John Cave well, to William Shakespeare?
1: I'm, I'll stand to be corrected, but I'm, off the top of my head, and I haven't looked it up, I think that was his real name.
2: Well, I reckon John Cave is a really cool name. But they said, What do you want to be called? Cool? And he said, Oh, William Shakespeare, I don't care. uh
0: you know my favourite not cave? caring
2: what you're called.
0: The best cave. Have you you've heard of the Bucking Caves? Yes. How good is it saying yeah, we're going to the Bucking Caves next week. <laughs> yes. Where? The Bucking Caves, I told you. <laughs> if you not like the Bucking Caves, we'll go to the Bucking Beach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, uh, now, we, uh, uh, my moment with William Shakespeare, and I did interview him in the 70s, but in... Oh, in, in you're lucky you just had a moment with him, yeah, Kev. Well, yeah. in 91... He when couldn't I was, stop
2: himself from loving you.
1: In 91, we did a thing at, uh, at Triple M, uh, Me and the D generation, called the Dag Dance, and we we brought all these people back, you know, to, to do this, and we brought William Shakespeare back with the whole garb, everything, to do his two songs on stage. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He uh, he uh, he was in the grip of unfortunately in the the bottle by then and it was it was uh, actually really sad but um, he did do the two songs got away with it and uh, but it was it was um, it was sad what he'd become because he'd obviously you know lost the plot in life and gone off and done that so that
2: was sad but never mind. Hmm. Uh, now, my well, It's nice, nice of you to bring it up and <laughs> embarrass the poor bloke. Um, he's
1: deceased now.
2: Yeah, you know, for a lot of our listeners, they would have thought, oh, William, he just retired and, you know... He's, he's passed life. away, Brian. He's not with us anymore. But why didn't we mention that <laughs> in the RIP <laughs> section? I didn't, he didn't die yesterday. Yeah. Um- uh, uh, nothing, man, Kev. We should pay tribute every week. Yeah, okay. Not. <laughs> don't pay tribute
1: every no, week. he's a bloody kidding fiddler. <laughs> yeah, stop it. Um, all right, my number two uh, in the good pile. Oh, I'm getting close here. Um, well, another person from that same label, from that same um, hit factory uh, is going to be my number one, uh, my number two, and that's Stevie Wright's Evie. As I said, this is the upside down chart. The good songs are down the bottom of the chart and the... The bad songs are at the top. So Evie's Mine for Stevie Wright, great song, love playing on the radio, should never, ever, ever not play the full version of the song, should always mm. play the 11 minutes um, because it, it thoroughly deserves it. If you want to play it, play the lot because it's bloody good.
2: Right yeah. on, Brian. I would, have, I would have picked that except I knew that you would because I needed it to be in, okay. you know, in the top three, but I knew... And I thought you would have picked Living in the 70s before finding.
1: Oh, it was cl- very, very close, very close. There's a song in here that I just love that I don't think anyone else is going to pick that I, I want in there. But, yeah, yeah, Living in the 70s. In fact, I, I had a look today because the Rolling Stone magazine has Australia has put out the top 200
2: Australian albums of all time. can Cos Life Hurts come? Top 10? Hey. Cos Life Hurts top 10? Not in it. X-Men album. X-Men not in, album,
1: not, top five. Not in it. Not that
2: I saw. Oh, I they went, are, I, It is a fair conspiracy theory. I went through the two you know, of today and, and I did we, we We spoke about this finally the other day, me and Kev, when we were talking about the desk tapes for the roadies. Yes. And you want to see some of the shit bands that they've <laughs> approached before the mighty X-Men. I am absolutely livid. Yep. Now, so just to cheer me up. Yep. Um, this was a song written by um, uh, Roddy Wood and Mick Jagger, and they wrote two songs. And Mick said, "Well, I'll have this one, and you can have that one." So Mick took "It's Only Rock and Roll," but I like it, yeah. and and I think this is a great song. You know, it sounds a bit. Mm, it's only rock and roll, but but it, no, it was a good idea. Um. The groove on this record is amazing, it's fantastic. And every time I've seen them play it live, they've never been able to do it again. Oh, really? It's always if I could do this, damn it. But if I could do the town of my heart, yeah, it's really sort of sexy and stuff. And, um, yeah, bands do that though, don't
1: they? When bands play some songs live, they play them too fast,
2: yeah. Yeah, yep. well, you generally play your single about two or three beats per minute faster because it's live. Yeah. But it's only rock and roll. It's the groove that's what's really great about it. Yep. And this is one of my favourite Rolling Stones albums. It's only rock and roll, but I like it. I really love um, If You Really Want to Be My Friend, which is on it, which oh, inspired me, half inspired me to write 50 years. Oh, okay. Anyway, the worst song. Right. And without doubt oh, I was delighted when I saw this <laughs> this has to be the most sexist piece of shit and I'm talking about Paul Anker and you have a uh, my bee bear uh, yes what a lovely way to show how much you love me you know it's all about him you know you didn't have to do it I wouldn't put you through it says so like, Oh well, you know, I'll see you later, babe. But um you haven't, my baby. That's butte. You could have had an abortion, but you haven't. Butte. It is just wrong on so many friggin' levels. Even at the time I reckon it was wrong. But is this man that's got the girl pregnant? And all you can say is, What a lovely way to show you show how much you love me. That's not good parenting. No. No, good point. All good points no, again, like, Mr. Mannix. Yeah, I'm pointing out. You are got the, the tracky dax on.
1: Yeah, I know you. Uh, I know you uh, had a thing about that song for a long time.
2: I do. I've bagged it many times yeah. on the. On what are 174 episodes of rock and roll. 732. Well, I think in I'm on about 645.
1: Yeah, we've actually done 600 episodes you weren't on, but we didn't tell you about it. Apparently they rated the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, thanks to the people who are listening to this because it's uh, the chart position of this podcast of recent times. It was number 12 in the episode chart last week and it's been – Top, uh, sort of pushing for the top 10 for uh, the last sort of seven or eight weeks for some reason. Don't know why, but uh, we've joined it. Thank you. Why? we change the time yes. spot. I've, had
2: a few, <laughs> I've had a few drinks beforehand. Bonnie looks like he's off his, off his dial. <laughs> so, well, that,
1: you know. that's the other thing we have. Uh, the uh, And this might be an exception because you've had some technical problems with this one, but uh, the sound quality is better doing it this way too. Finally, what do you got for us, uh, number
0: one, good and bad? Before I do that, I just want to say that when I tell people I do the podcast with Kevin and Brian, um, they ask me what they're like, you know, I said I've, I've worked a bit with Kevin; he's the ultimate professional, and I'm serious when I say this. And I say I'm going to say this about Brian, and I really mean it. He's a great he's he's a great music connoisseur. He really I love when he talks music. He, you know, if if it was wine or food. You'd be people be quoting. Oh, so Brian said it had a beautiful floral. You know, but, <laughs> but he sort of picks apart a song like a real muso, You know that groove that they've never been able to recreate. That I, I, people should really value that information that they get out of the program. You know, I know we have a bit of light-hearted fun, and we tend to occasionally go a little blue. But Brian <laughs> is a very, very talented music. Has been good. Yeah, it's a great music. I wouldn't get good an ear for music, so I like that. Yep. Appreciate
2: it, and I think, think underrated. Now, I think also, finally, we are you, have you finished or no? You got no. More. I
0: have. I, I, I had. Cut think, me off when I'm praising you.
2: Well, I'm just going to say, I think we've also been fairly insightful, all of us, with the poo jogging. <laughs> you've
0: we you've have. incited a lot of people, Brian. <laughs> Very true. All right. Uh, my I, best and worst now. Out of respect for Kevin, you said that there's a song there you adore and whatever, so I'm not going to do the Shoop Shoop song. Ah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Which could have been the Poop Poop song if the <laughs> job got involved. Um. Um, unfortunately, you did not do me the same courtesy because you just <gasps> up me. Look, Evie 1, 2 and 3 could have been my 1, 2 and 3. That is, and I think it's my favourite Australian song of all time, it is so brilliant, three parts of a song. That are totally different, but dovetail beautiful, beautifully, mm. and tell a great story. So you know, you've got the hard rocking. You know, I got the what in my pocket. You know, the money pocket. in my pocket. Yeah, I got the yeah, I
2: got in it.
0: my hand. <laughs> the rock and rolling band, And then you got Eva. Yeah, beautiful stuff. And then it comes back. You know it's really beautiful how it goes it's heavy, it's big, it's loving, and then it's got a, a crescendo I think it's a great piece of music yeah. and sadly that was sort of the last greatness we saw of Stevie before um substances took control of him, I
2: guess, but brilliant brilliant stuff yeah because the baby the baby dies in part three doesn't it yes yeah. 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 Um he's the nose, she's a boy on the go. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, the,
1: the, the uh, I guess underrated so not the right word. I mean, it, the people who saw him at, at the zenith of the Easy Beat said that there was no one more compelling on stage that you would ever see than Stevie yeah. Wright. But as a singer, um, he, he actually had some serious chops, Brian,
2: didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like, great rock and roll singer. And he could sing... Um, he didn't just have to have the growl in his voice, you know, if you look at early um, Easy Bits, but he had that edge and he would have been a perfect replacement for Bond Scott. He even looked like him. But but um, by that stage, as Finey pointed out, he was too, you know, under the influence of the uh, substance.
1: I interviewed him in 75, I think it was. Oh, no, it was, around, it was around when this time might have been early 75. He did a big show in Brisbane and, oh, he was... You couldn't talk. You couldn't get two words out of him that made any sense. Mm. To be honest, it was really,
2: really sad. Yeah, yeah. When they did the uh, long way to the top tour, because he was in a wheelchair because he couldn't walk. That's right. Yeah. And um, so Thorpey and a whole of the others came out and helped him sing it. So it was a really great moment. But he couldn't quite do it by himself. Uh So, but you know, it was a really nice moment because everybody sort of chipped in. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: So you've got a great number one good. What's your number one bad, funny?
0: All right, I'm not going to make many friends with this. I don't wish to speak ill of the recently departed. Sadly, I'm not only joking. <laughs> <laughs> but I over to the top of the chart, you see, and this is a remake of a song by a couple that decided to call themselves Paul and Paul, obviously, with the intention of never having another single. Because (laughs) hey Paula and hey Paul, but this is such an uncomfortable song for me for a couple of reasons. First of all, neither of them are great singers, and if you look in the film clip, they are so focused on singing properly. I mean, Denise has obviously been taught enunciate, Denise, (laughs) enunciate wanting, not wanting, wanting. on the other hand, you've got Ernie singing in an American accent, the most awkward bloke you've ever met, hey, hey, Paula. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I mean, that's sickening enough, but it's about two people singing to each other and they're so nervous because they're not good singers, they spend the whole time sort of furrowed brows singing and there's no interaction between the two of them. It's like, hey, hey, Paula, and then, oh, yes, um, hey, hey, Paul, of course, and, and they've got a in the film clip, they've given them an orchestra to back them. So, you know, I would I would have given them the backing of Mickey Gilly personally. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, and I know that for a long time as ah yeah Ding Dong how's Ding Dong Yeah, it's great, but um if if that sort of relationship between the two I know they did TV together, um if that if that relationship was based on that song they should have redone it with some warmth because yeah to me it was two not great singers. Straining like they were trying to clear their bowels, and it's just I didn't, I don't like it, I don't like it at all. <laughs>
2: and, and Ernie sings, um, you know, I think from the 50s or 60s, they, they liked the tremolo in the voice, so yeah, yeah, Ernie yes. goes, hey, Paula. you know, yeah, that's probably yeah. not a good example. But, I want to marry you, very, is it, doesn't it seem like all right, you didn't make it to
0: the final cast of Happy Days, you missed the role of Ralph Mouth, but Ernie, sing your Ralph Mouth version of Hey Paula. <laughs> uh, it's a very good call. Very good do you good think call. This, It have been like, hey, what's a good Australian? Hey, Mabel. You know, <laughs> sing it like an Australian. Have some pride in your country, man.
2: Hey, hey, Noreen.
0: Exactly. You know, I mean, oh, I love Ernie Sigley. He's great. Where's he from Wisconsin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least Bob Hudson did Rack Off Normie, uh, which was, you know, a bit uh, bit more Aussie. Yeah, uh, I'm with you finally. That's my number one as well. Um, oh, and, cool. and, and Ernie, uh, when I was doing Bricky on uh, Fox, we had a, a promotion called The Jukebox From Hell. So we got all these songs and threw them into this Jukebox From Hell, which we actually made into an album that was released, um, and we said we'd never play them again on uh, on Fox, So which was, you know, wasn't good playing idea. wasn't playing Hey Paul Hey Paul of, uh, at that stage so it wasn't any great stretch to throw it in the jukebox from Helen and say it'd never be played again on the radio station but Ernie wasn't very happy with me when we did it and let me know in no uncertain terms so that's uh, that's my number one bad my number one good it's it's one of the most underrated songs of all time and I there's a I mean there's a whole batch of songs on this chart that I could easily pick including Ricky don't lose that number which I loved and BTO and um, I love the Moya sisters. I love uh, living in the seventies. Um,
2: even <laughs>
1: the Moya <Boyer> sisters. <laughs> I like oh, the, mo- like the Moya
2: sisters. I reckon that's your loins talking more than you. It's ears. not. It's got nothing to do with my loins. Kev, you've they- always had a thing for skin edge chips.
0: It's not hey, they- right. We've spoken <laughs> about
2: this many <laughs> times
0: before. In, in the film clip, did they wear long sleeves?
1: Yes, I did. They did wear long puffy yeah. sleeves, didn't they?
0: You know, Melbourne had a footballer called Andy Moyer and he only ever wore long sleeves.
1: Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) I like Caddy's song on this chart, Let Go. I reckon that's a a really, really good song. I I actually like Linda George's song, Mama's Little Girl. I like Silvery Moon," but the one I've chosen. My number one is the number 30 song on this chart and it's Hot Chocolate's Emma,
2: which I I like. That's it. That's the one. She, it's a bit like uh, Hollywood Seven, isn't it? Emma, Emma ends up with fucking crazy up mixed, uh, mixed <laughs> lipstick marks across. And What doesn't she get killed? Uh, yeah, I I always thought Emma was
1: inspired by Marilyn Monroe. I thought this is this is hot chocolate, Harold Brown, them singing about Marilyn Monroe. But it, I just thought it, it was moody. Um, had that really moody kind of musical feel about it, and uh, I just liked the way he sang it. And I just I've always loved that song, and whenever it comes on the radio, it's crank it up and here we go time.
2: So, I'm not gonna hang shit on you for that, Keith. I
0: had I had a girlfriend called Emma. Did you? Yeah, yeah. What'd you do to
2: it?
0: I'm telling you, I am glad you asked because I did do something to her. Do you want to know what I did to her? Oh God, no. Well, (laughs) is it r-rated or what? No, not really. (laughs) What did you do? I turned her. (laughs) I was the last (laughs) wife she she ever went out with.
2: Oh, 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 okay. After (laughs) you, she decided she liked girls better.
0: Correct. Actually, that's not true. I think she went out with her for a few years. She, she was off then, but I think she ended up marrying a bloke and having some kids. Um, but, I, well, but I definitely turned up. Good looking
2: girl. Good looking girl. And yeah, you feel true. bad. I had a girlfriend called Emma, and um, after me, she ended up buying a farm. Maybe she wanted a farmer. <laughs> No, donkeys and goats. Oh, no, Brian!
1: You know now, Brian. What is this thing? Now now that we've done the chart, what is this? And we'd love we'd love people on Facebook and uh, Twitter to share their top three. uh, We've had a couple through um, from uh, from people. We'll uh, we'll talk about them next week. Uh, What is this thing you want to talk about from?
2: Well, you know, I've been a bit down on myself over the last week and uh, Rachel sent me this thing from the Urban Dictionary, which isn't <laughs> golden showers or, uh, you know, space docking or any of that stuff, which is also available. But it's about, about the name Brian. Oh, okay. And, and this is what it says about Brian. Mm-hmm. The best guys ever. They're funny, so sweet, flirty, strong, Quite good looking, with amazing hair, well-dressed with a sense of humour and just amazing to be around. The best boyfriend you could possibly have. They're almost guaranteed to be your first real love. They're amazingly protective and never let anyone say anything bad about you. No matter how many girls are chasing them, they will keep their eye on the one they love. And I'm best associated with a girl called Paige, which I haven't met yet. Oh, and so there you go. All right.
1: What does do you know what Mark means? Uh, the meaning of Mark finding. Oh, sorry,
0: yep, yep. Funny. God of War. There you go. Is that fitting for the, you? Do you think? Yeah, when I'm driving, it is. Look, um, <laughs> I went to school with Brian. Mm. I actually, live around the corner from him now, and I can say, first of all, very good looking rooster, the nicest bloke, Very not a genius at school. Straight out of school. Started his own business, you know, and he made a fortune. You know, do you remember a, a game company called Moose?
1: No, can't say, so do no,
0: they were brilliant. I mean, he, he just had this idea out of school. Remember, this is a long time ago, this is 40 years ago now, almost. Um, he took things that were games but were never packaged games, like um, Knuckles and a, a, a yeah, team. yeah. And he and he packaged, he made plastic knuckle bones knows? He, he we, sold them as a gun. And oh, they became no. and it was really popular. There are a few other ones that you know sort of um you know, not marbles, but there were a few of was very clever, and parlayed it and been a very successful company. And his his wife, beautiful Natalie Bloom, has Bloom Cosmetics. Um so the Brian I know hugely successful, good looking, yeah. great bloke, great family. And uh, everything Brian said was correct at this point in time.
2: There you go. Well, at least you know. A, at least you know a Brian from both ends of the scale. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> and well,
1: you know, you, you know the truth. You know what Kevin means,
2: don't you? I've got it here, Kev. Do you want me to read it
1: out? Oh, uh, would, would you mind, Brian? Just uh, uh, no. sort of sharing with people. I, I know. I know it. You know my mantra. Uh,
2: what Kevin. What, hmm. The second worst guys ever. Thanks. They're not funny, not sweet, not, not flirty, not strong, not good-looking. Uh, tend to get overweight and uh, <laughs> just crap on a lot. That's pretty much what it says. Yep. Well, so Now, what does Kevin mean? No, what that's, it. Kevin no,
1: that's mean? it. No, no that's right. it. No, you're right. You got it perfectly. That's exactly what it means. You're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it means handsome. It means comely, which means handsome.
2: Comely. Yes oh. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I won't call you Kevin anymore I'm just going to call you comely I'm a bad
1: boy for love
2: Alright, on that Bad do oh, No, don't, no
1: I don't I don't need oh. it uh, Thank you, Fanny Have a lovely week Easy company, easy goely Yes, exactly And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk again in a week's time, boys Take care, look after yourselves Goodbye right.
2: Get off Everybody That's enough <laughs> Show's fucking finished. It's done! (laughs) Stop listening! Uh, But there's nothing more to listen to. It's over. Nothing
1: to see.
0: You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.
2: I don't understand it at all.